So, have you been to Cracker Barrel lately, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> they have vegan sausage. Oh, really? Is that, is that what it is? The vegan sausage? Is that's that what's causing all the uh, people to get riled up? Yeah, the next uh, corporation uh, that we'll, we'll be burying in memoriam. Like Oreo cookies and all these other things that got... Coca-Cola. That got canceled by the right. That the, the NFL... MLB. Well, you know, I, I listened to David Starbucks. Wasserman from 538.com uh, Walmart. speak at a, an event a, a few years ago that I was Robert. at, and and he talked about this Cracker Barrel phenomenon. How uh, you can you can do. <laughs> This is great. You're Pepsi. saying great stuff, and Kellen's just still reading off the list of things the Republicans have canceled. <laughs> it just goes on and on, and they're all very alive and well institutions still. Sorry, you were talking about this. Well, yes. I, I, I think if, if there is a true conservative institution, it is Cracker Barrel. How so? Well, like I said, David Wasserman from 538.com. He's one of their commentators on there. I listened to him speak at an event a few years ago. This was actually just prior to the 2016 election. And he looked at election data going back several years, and he talked about how if there was a cracker barrel within 30 miles of a given location, it was typically red voters. Right. And right. if there was a Trader Joe's within 30 miles of a given location, it was blue voters. So it's a conservative institution by definition. Let's just, right, right. Let's just, I mean, the fact <laughs> it's called Cracker Barrel, let's just start with that. But they've know? gone woke. They've, they've gone, gone woke. woke because they put something on the menu that you have absolutely no obligation to order whatsoever. <laughs> no one's forcing you to eat the vegan sausage. You can still get the regular sausage. <laughs> I mean, this is where we're at now. This is what we get outraged about. Catering okay, that's with- episode four right there, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> or three, whatever the hell we're on right now. And we I mean, that sums it all up perfectly. <sighs> on this week's episode of Three Rural White Guys, the Republican Playbook of 2022. Grab power, create victims, find villains, and double down on the lies. Who are the three rural white guys? Kellen Gracie is a data scientist and poli-sci academic. Jacob Dodds is an expert in rural healthcare and emergency services. And I'm Mike Heaton, a nonprofit professional and expert in rural economic development. I'm also a candidate for the Iowa House of Representatives. In the end though, we're just three rural white guys sitting in our garage, drinking beer and talking politics. Up with cornfields in every direction That's where I learned all of my lessons About life and living without fences In the land of the free to have opinions If you work a job, you ought to make a living George Strait or George Gay, there's no difference People need help and I think that we should listen Three chords and my truth is I'm a good old boy with a bleeding heart Just a homegrown hick with a hybrid car I think y'all means harm And I know we all just want to know that we belong And there's a lot more color in the mix When you're loud and proud out in the sticks I am what I am, you get what you get Yeah, I guess I'm a red state neck Okay, so... (laughs) That's how we started was Cracker Barrel. I love it. We have a list of stuff. We didn't even know where to start. No. You know, we did our live recording last week, and we were putting a list together of stuff we were going to talk about this week, and it's ridiculously long. Well, it is long, Mike. We, it's a long list of... It, but the theme, the string that's tying everything together here is really... It, it all comes back to this one article you posted in here and got us talking about uh, yeah. a couple week, week and a half ago or so. Four stages of Republican misinformation. So we look at this list of shit. It starts with the Cracker Barrel and goes down through all these different topics. The, the, the thing tying them all together is just the craziness of the right, the noise machine, the echo chamber, and it's orchestrated. That's um, the key. That's the key we're playbook. trying to get across. Yeah. Well, there's a playbook here. Yeah. So let's get right into that then. So this is a it's a Daily Beast article, and these are it's these steps that Republicans take, right, to... Uh, to just change the narrative and to, to make everything to spin. It's basically spin. So it says, first, Republicans use any means necessary to achieve power and promote their unpopular extremist counter-majoritarian agenda. 
Second, they create and promote disinformation and lies to frighten their base and Jedi mind trick them into believing they are being oppressed by the actual victims. Third, they create a specific villain. They target them and then attack them through scapegoating, smearing, and intimidation. And fourth, they never apologize or back down once their lie is exposed. But instead, they double down and in times of doubt, always pivot toward racism and fear-mongering. So that's sort of the summary, I think, that we're going to apply to all these issues, right? Let's just get right into it. Let's talk about CPAC for a minute. Okay, so you go and you look at anything about CPAC, and the first thing that pops up is the homocon guy, right, in the cell. Brandon Straka. Yeah. So, again, I'd explain that because it's, I I mean, how the hell do you explain that? But go ahead and try to explain that. He's a gay man who leads a group called Walk Away that is basically it's gay people for Trump, for conservative causes. The Walk Away Foundation is 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 how they describe themselves, yeah. And so, yeah, they set up this jail cell and he wore this orange jumpsuit with a MAGA hat and a blackboard in there that said, where is everyone? And it's, it's, to, bring, it's to bring attention to the oppression that the January 6th insurrectionists are facing right. by our justice. Like that with heavy, heavy right. sarcasm. Right. Well, couldn't you, couldn't you like put earphones on and hear stories and yes. testimonies of... Of January 6th and that was arrestees. That was obviously the big story that came out of that. I mean, Marjorie Taylor Greene went in there and, you know, did whatever like, she did. Prayed and consoled the fake actor <laughs> in you a know, jail cell it, that was know, sort of fake conspiracy. But what I find strange about the whole thing is the walkaway campaign, the walkaway foundation, they started back in 2018. During the 2018 midterms, at their whole stated purpose was to encourage liberals to leave the Democrat Party. And, and this whole idea was, hi, hi I'm Brandon Straka. I'm this uh, gay man. And you don't, if you're a gay man, you don't have to be a Democrat like every other gay man, right? Something along those lines. D- and, despite the fact that Democrats actually are working to protect for, the rights protect of LGBTQ rights plus folks. Yeah. And security and safety of, yeah, exactly. But, but you forget all that. It's similar, they have similar movements and groups for black Americans, right? But regardless, my point here is, first step, Republicans use any means necessary to achieve power and promote their unpopular extremist counter-majoritarian agenda. And here you have a situation where you have a foundation, a, a group uh, ostensibly organized, and its whole stated purpose is one thing, but doing something completely opposite. By the time they get four years in, the idea of power and uh, clout and sway within the GOP was too much for the Walkaway Foundation and for Brandon Strocker, right? They have to get in on the owning the libs so that they can be part of that movement, right? That's clearly not, that's clearly not convincing anyone to walk away from the Democrat Party. So right. s- step one, right? Step one, do whatever you can to achieve power, right? That's, right. that's, that's what he's doing there. So the second okay. step is put the cage up at CPAC. To distract people. To distract people. Right? But I, I don't know that it was intentional distraction. I think the media latched onto that because of how ridiculous it was. Absurd. But, I mean... <laughs> when, when Marjorie Taylor Greene gets in there, kneels down, and starts consoling the guy, though, that really well, no. feels like intentional this distraction sentence, to me. you got to finish the sentence. Second, exactly. second, they create and promote disinformation and lies to frighten their base and Jedi mind trick them into believing they are being oppressed by the actual victims. Okay, Right, so suddenly this group of people who literally ransacked the capitals, committed insurrection, resulted in the death of Capitol Police. Like, they're suddenly the victims somehow in this scenario, in their cages, with Marjorie Taylor Greene praying over them. So let's talk about something else that happened at CPAC that fits that. Okay. So you have the guy in the cell that's representing... The oppressed people, right? right? Right. Okay. So the actual victims being the so US so Brandon population. Brandon Straka also got on stage with Andy Biggs, who is a GOP. Uh, is he a representative or a senator? He's a rep. House rep. Rep. Yeah, he's a representative from Arizona, who's part of the Sedition Caucus, mm-hmm. and basically said, "You didn't do enough to help these people." Brandon said that to Andy Biggs. Brandon Straka said that you didn't do enough to help the people arrested and being oppressed by our justice system on January 6th. Okay. And his response to that was... The U.S. House of Representatives, the congressman sitting, sitting, response was... Fifth District of Arizona. Okay. I, I quote, we need to start defunding some of these bad agencies. The FBI, the DOJ, yes. 
a GOP member of Congress reportedly told the crowd that he would begin to defund the Justice Department and FBI for having the audacity to prosecute January 6th attackers. If that's not misinformation, right. I don't know what is. Right. Well, and that's, they're creating a specific third. They're creating a villain. Yeah. So then we move along. We move to third. Okay, go ahead. Number three. So number three, third step. They create a specific villain, target them, and attack them through scapegoating, smearing, and intimidation, right? And so here you have the institutions of the DOJ, the FBI, Biden, right. Democrats in general. We saw that with the Mueller investigation. We saw that with Garland and what he's currently doing. They're becoming... The villains, well, being, well, not becoming, they're being called the villains just, just a little for doing their job. Just a little teaser. We'll, we'll talk about this later. We're watching it on TV right now yeah. right? as as Trump and his, his house is being raided by FBI agents. And he's creating the villain here by saying, this is Biden and Democrats raiding my house. That, that connection between the FBI, the DOJ, and partisan politics is so incredibly dangerous for this country. But right. let's not, let's and not and we're going to come back to right, that, yeah, but yeah. I, I need to add this one last thing. Brandon Straka, he pleaded guilty to a disorderly conduct charge. It was a simple misdemeanor. For January 6th. And he received 90 days home confinement and three years probation after agreeing to cooperate with law enforcement. Yeah, that's, that's, that's oppression at its finest. Again, heavy sarcasm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> we, have, we have people doing years in prison for pot possession, but rip a shield out of a police officer's hand and you get 90 days home confinement. And that's it. So I want to go back over these real quick and then we'll get to the fourth one. The four steps to Republican, GOP, conservative misinformation. Yep. First, Republicans use any means necessary to achieve power and promote their unpopular extremist counter-majoritarian agenda. Right. Second, they create and promote disinformation and lies to frighten their base and Jedi mind trick them into believing they are being oppressed by the actual victims. The white Christian male is the most oppressed person in America. According to them, yeah. <laughs> Third, I mean, when it's constantly said over and over again, right? Yeah, they truly do feel oppressed. Third, they create a specific villain. They target them and then attack them through scapegoating, smearing, and intimidation. And then fourth, go ahead, Kellen. They never apologize or back down once the lies exposed. Instead, they double down and in times of doubt, always pivot towards racism and fear mongering. So, I, I, I don't see any anything incorrect here, right? With right. these four steps. You can take these four steps and just, you know, copy paste this to any analysis of a conservative rally, you know, in terms of their talking points and the overall message they're giving. Flip on Tucker Carlson, same deal. Yep. You, you head into the right-wing echo chamber on talk radio. Well, and let's go into CPAC one more time. They literally had what is known as, I think you mentioned earlier, the last true authoritarian, what did you call him, dictator? Yeah, I can't remember what we, we used to call him. Back in grad, my grad school days, um, Victor Orban was the was really recognized as, as the world's last di dictator, largely because he's been able to hold on to power in a way that a lot of other dictators haven't, to an extent that even Putin hasn't been able to. Right. Um, maybe not so much when you're talking about someone like Kim Il-jung or maybe even Assad in Syria. But yeah, in terms of like a functioning country that's recognized by other countries in the UN and, and partakes in world events, yeah, that's the last dictatorship right there. So just yeah, clear. he's the prime minister of Hungary. Mm -hmm. And actually, he just gave a speech the week prior in which he declared that in Europe, we, quote, do not want to become peoples of mixed race, unquote. Yeah, dude's, exactly. dude's full on authoritarian, racist. White supremacist, white basically. Supremacist, yeah. Right. And he was the guest of honor, one of the keynote speakers at CPAC yeah. this year. Now, for those of you who don't know what CPAC is... It's literally, isn't it called the Conservative PAC? Political, Political Action, Action Conference. Right. His top advisor, Victor Orban's top advisor, quit the week before his speech at CPAC because he thought that his speech had gone too far. Yeah, he, he said it was, quote, unquote, pure Nazi text. Yeah. Yeah. And so he gets up and he speaks, and then he makes fun of all that. He literally says, they're all going to claim I'm a white supremacist. They're gonna, but I'm one of the most... And he does sort of a Trump. I'm one of the kindest, most loving, most peaceful, most non-racist people. And our country is non-this, non-that. He has at least three black friends. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. And so he goes up and makes fun of it, right? He doubles down. The lie is exposed, but instead they double down. And in times of doubt, they pivot toward racism and fear-mongering, which is exactly what he does. And he starts going after the woke left, the liberal part of the Western world, and saying how it's destroying families, how it's destroying good, decent, honest living, and this woke agenda is ruining the world. He creates fear-mongering right after it. Like, it's it's textbook misinformation, textbook fear-mongering. Well, and, and so... We'll give a disclaimer before we, we get into this, because this is obviously a breaking story. This is literally being recorded on Monday, August 8th at 8 p.m. We're literally watching live coverage of the FBI raid at Mar-a-Lago, and we, we're, it's not entirely clear exactly what's going on. It appears to be related to the uh, doc- classified documents that Trump took with him from the White House that the National Archives have been asking back for 18 months. It illegally took with him, right? That's correct, right? Yeah, that's a crime. Let's just yeah. be clear on that. Mm-hmm. But uh, if if I sound worked up tonight, it's because I spent about 45 minutes watching Fox News coverage of this before yeah. I came over here. And they've been on the apology train from the get-go. So what are they th- saying? This is, yeah, this is literally uh, that Biden himself has orchestrated this to, to guarantee his re-election, that the DOJ is being used as Biden's Praetorian guard. I mean, this is authoritarian wow. type shit. Yeah, that's being said, Pretty and sure the, the FBI director. And literally, literally, they said on the air that that this was they illegally broke into the president's house. A, a search warrant is not an illegal breaking and entry. Right. It's so not. let's just let's just clarify that then, real quick. Fox News is not news. So no one knows, yeah, and Fox News is openly claiming. I mean, by the time you all hear this. This may have changed. Yeah, this sure. may have changed and, or been confirmed. But just to be clear, they're telling their listeners, the most listened to show in the country, they are telling their listeners in prime time that this is a raid orchestrated by the sitting president of the United States against the former president of the United States as some kind of political tactic right. with no proof. Nothing. With no data, nothing. nothing that actually shows that. That's exactly what they're doing, Mike. They're creating a villain. That's right. <laughs> yeah. They're mis they're misinforming people. Yep. Right. And they're they're uh, creating a scapegoat. And, and here's the thing. And in a week or two, when when the FBI or the DOJ, there's charges or there's evidence or whatever, we start this stuff starts manifesting itself in actual court cases. They're not going to apologize or back down. They're no, they'll down. they'll continue the lie. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we've seen this with January sixth. I mean, anybody that's paying attention to that with even a half of regard for legitimacy well, in government knows what the end result of that is. But you still have you right. still have Fox and the right basically saying, "Oh, this is just a witch." All, it is eight o'clock at night in the night of the raids. Yeah, Fox News has no physical way of knowing what the raids were about. Nobody does. Nobody no. does. Okay. Outside of the DOJ. Exactly. It is 8 o'clock at night on the night of the raids. They have no way of knowing. And they've already crafted a narrative that they are selling as news to their followers. Okay? It is 8 o'clock at they're night, the this, night of the raid. They're putting this out there as fact. As if it's right. fact. Yeah. There's, and, and the fact is, they don't know. And they have no way of knowing. Physically, no way of knowing. So it's pure bullshit. And so when we hear our followers and we get on freaking Facebook two days from now, six days from now, even a year from now, and they start stating this shit, that this was a Biden thing and this proven it's a Biden thing, bullshit. It's 8 o'clock on the night of the raids. No one knows. And Fox News is already saying it. Mm-hmm. So it is obviously bullshit. We just learned about this three yeah, hours ago. Exactly. Three and, and just, a half, maybe. This is why we get so frustrated with people, we watched the January 6th stuff happen in real time, and it was obvious how it was being orchestrated and going down. Like, you could just watch it happen. And we got all the speculation from Fox News, all the speculation from Breitbart, all this from our own families and friends saying it really isn't that bad. It's a freaking picnic and all this shit. When it was obvious what was happening at the time, and it was already being spun at the time as something different. It's... That's the BS that we're talking about, and that's the BS that is is 
we have to learn how to see through it. I think this episode is important because we've been dealing with this BS, this this crap for a long time now, right? Since And that was largely the impetus for us to start this podcast is we kicked off right around election 2020, our first episode mid-January 21. We sat down in front of the mic like the day after the January 6th insurrection for the first time. This is our first episode. Right. And this is what we've been dealing with, right? And I think this episode is so important because we're finally at that point where we can look out, out into the horizon, right, into the political landscape and say, here's an example of this shit going on again, right? Here are the four steps in action, right? Or even if it's not exactly the four steps as outlined in this piece here, something similar, but real it's time. the same narrative, and we can see it in real time, and we can identify it, and we can we can talk about it for what it is. But the the sad thing about all this is this shit is working with a significant number of people, a significant enough number of people. I don't know how much longer this works for, uh, but I think we're about to find out. Well, you know, I think, we I think we this will be a big test. We had oh, I shouldn't say a follower. Um, Probably I always more. I always cringe when I hear us on our our podcast say the word follower <laughs> because we use the word cult often. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I, so I, listen, to, listener. Or, to be fair, I don't think this person's a follower. I think yeah. they're they're sort of one of our drive by trolls. He gets his <laughs> cup of coffee in the morning and he yep. sits down and yep. and he's what we're up to. Fly off. I, yeah. yeah. Um, but they they made the comment the other day about you you guys just can't stop talking about oh, yeah. Trump. Oh, no, <laughs> we're not going to stop talking about him until he's no longer right. a threat. We will not stop talking about him right and this is why i mean there were those of us that when he came down the golden escalator in 2015 we laughed it off and said there's no way that the republican party is going to sell their some their, themselves out to let this guy become president right and then they did that and well, then throughout the campaign we thought there's no way this guy's going to win and then he did and and then we wanted to believe him when he said well i'm going to become more presidential that's just me as on the campaign trail right we wanted to believe that and he didn't, and then he lied, and then he lied, and then he lied some more, and and we we kept sitting here thinking, <laughs> at some point Republicans are going to say we're done with this bullshit. This is going to be the this is going to be the point where we we cut him off and say we're done with it. And then January sixth happened, and <laughs> that wasn't enough to do it. So what is the end game? What 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 is it that that finally cuts them off from that? Him dying. But I don't even think that matters. Because it's not about got, Trump anymore. You've got this whole crop exactly. of people that have embraced that crazy. And if it's not going to be him, it's probably going to be Ron DeSantis, which is going to be even worse. Because he's smarter. Yeah. He's actually a politician and can use that to his advantage. So it's interesting that you bring that up because that, that leads us into the Alex Jones conversation. Another big sort of really eventful piece of the big piece of news this week. There's a in Boy Scouts. I don't know if you guys ever go to like Boy Scout camp or anything like that. I did. I was you a, did? a Cub Scout in, in Canada. But yeah. Nice, nice. So there's a thing when you're sitting at Boy Scout camp and one of the guys, I think you're going to hear me sing here for a second, but there's a, there's a, the guy gets up and says, I got an announcement to make. And everyone in the room, all the Boy Scouts all go announcements, announcements, announcements. And they like a terrible death to die, a terrible death to die, a terrible death to be talked to death, a terrible death to die. I'm not done yet. Hold on. We sold our cow. We sold our cow. We have no need for your bull now. <laughs> piled up in the corner. Piled up in the corner. Piled up in the corner. It helps the flowers grow. I'm amazed you can remember. <laughs> oh yeah, we sang it a lot. But it's all—it's just—it's a subtle reference to your. There's a lot of bullshit you're about to throw our way, and yeah. we don't really want to hear it. But we're sitting here p dealing with it, and you know. This is far worse. It's really BS. It's really bullshit. And it's it's detrimental. It's detrimental. It's downright yeah. dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, undermining you, our democracy. You have a significant portion of the country right now that believes that every institution of our government is against them. Yeah. Our government is us, people. That's what makes America, America. And, and they're, they're advocating for removing the checks and balances that exist between the, the three right. branches of government. Yeah. That should scare the shit out of anybody. That's not, that is not American at all. And it's also not hyperbole, Jacob. Like you said, Victor fucking Orban was the keynote speaker at CPAC. That's like how, that's, so if you don't know who Victor, that is literally like if you invited, uh, Hitler to speak at CPAC in, in 1939. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
Like that's where the Republican Party has got to. They've been backed in the corner so much. They're now saying the quiet thing out loud and they're owning it. They're finally owning the fact they're a bunch of white supremacist fascists. The party is pushing that way. Now, we have a lot of Republican friends that are not white supremacist fascists, but they're still hanging on out of some weird sense of loyalty. Well, this can't go on forever. This cannot go on forever. Well, I'm, I'm going to be right. critical of the Dems for a second, though. There has not been near enough, and I think it's in part because we're trying to, we're, we're trying to point to how ludicrous all of this is. That we're not celebrating the wins that we have. Right. And we're not we're not attacking the Republicans for stuff like passing the PACT Act and then voting it down. And what was their excuse then? You heard everybody, all the know-it-alls out there on social media. Oh, well, it was because the Democrats put all kinds of stuff in it. Well, if you literally read the bill, it is the same fucking bill. Right. I'm sorry, but I'm fucking worked up tonight. <laughs> but it was the same fucking bill. They did it literally so that the Democrats couldn't have a victory. That was the only fucking reason. Right. They sold out veterans. What's the packet? What's the packet? That was the that was the bill that would uh, fund health care for the veterans exposed to the toxic burn pits. Right. They literally saw. I, I don't want to hear the GOP talk about law enforcement. I don't want to hear them talk about veterans. I don't want to hear them talk about democracy. I don't want to hear them talk about the founding fathers because they don't believe in any of. They that sold shit. every single one out. So we're here, we're talking about this crap, and here's the problem I have right now. Kellen, last week you asked me a question when you had me in the hot seat about my opponent and what's yeah. the difference, right? And I said, the problem is when we talk about our opponents, we lose track of what's important. And I, I claim that that's one of Hillary's big issues and why she lost is because she focused so much on Donald Trump, right? Here we are in one of the greatest weeks of the Biden administration, the PACT Act on the 10th and then the 12th is when the House is going to vote on the Inflation, inflation Reduction Act. So in the, it, the, we're in the middle of the if, most consequential week of the Biden first term. Look, look if, you, if you just stack these up, the bills that have been accomplished just in the first two years, forget the first term, yeah. right? Just the first two years, it's been one of the more, more consequential presidencies of modern American history. Like it, it, just the sheer dollars that they've spent yeah. on the different packages that they've put together from the American Rescue Plan uh, all the way through to this most recent Inflation Reduction Act, the stuff, and it, it's just been transformational, the stuff that they've been doing. And we're going to be feeling the effects of, the, of this legislation for, for a decade or more. It's, it's, you can't say it's been an inconsequential presidency, right. but, but to your point, here we are, we're not talking about that stuff. We're, we're not focused talking on about fucking the, Donald Trump again. We're focused right? on Donald Trump. And we're not talking about the economic wins. I mean, gas was 327 here. It was. And, I saw and, that. Yeah. And, and, and it amazes me because the rights go, well, it should still be $2 lower. It's never going to be that low again. No. It's never going to be that low again. And the fact of the matter is, is it's coming down. And I'm not going to give Biden credit for that because right. what we've said for months, the president doesn't control gas prices. Right. right. But Shouldn't they are coming down. And why are you rooting against America? <clears throat> That's the thing that gets me the most. So in every every well, they, cre they cycle, created 5.3 million jobs. Oh well. Every every news cycle, it's like there's something there's something positive going on, and and it has to be cast aside by the GOP, right? So it's the jobs numbers come out, they weren't good enough, right? Inflation is too high, but it's certain to like. Peak. There's evidence that it's peaking and, and we're heading in the right direction, but you know it's still the worst inflation report ever. There's never a, an opportunity to talk about um, okay, you know how do we come together as a country and, and solve this problem, or, or how do we come to the table and come up with a solution that everyone's okay with, right? It's right. always throw your jersey on, grab the machete, and head out to battle. That's like that's their thing. Every news cycle. And I, I, I don't. I mean, one of the things that infuriated me this week is for what the umpteenth time there's been a bill submitted to cap insulin at $35. Oh. Ooh. Ah. The Republicans Sorry. fucking voted it down. Right. That that was For personal. no other reason than a technicality because they claimed, oh, well, it's bending the rules of what's, what's, what's parliamentary procedure. Fuck, do it. Do what's right for Americans. It's a 100-year-old right. drug. It's on the WHO's essential medicine list. Millions of Americans depend on it, and drug companies are raping people. Yeah, but they can't get those donor dollars from those pharmaceutical companies anymore. Which, by the way, I'm one of them. I'm not, type, I'm not a type 2 diabetic myself, but I have a child who's a type 1 diabetic. I don't like talking about my kids, 
But this issue hit home. And you can't, and to be clear, you can't use the argument that that's somebody's lifestyle choices that brought that on. Type right. 1 diabetes is a, a that's a it's juvenile onset. Yeah, it's an autoimmune issue. Your, your body attacks your pancreas, kills your beta cells. You cannot produce insulin. It happened to my child when he was three years old. He has been insulin dependent for every single gram of carbs he has had since he was three. We have to match it with a certain amount of insulin. We have gone through, I don't know how many fucking bottles of insulin in our lifetime. And when you look at the bills, thank God we had insurance. We didn't have insurance for a little bit in there. We had to pay out of pocket. It is unfucking real. Well, the, the, the costs. We're all, we're all serious here. I'm getting pissed about insulin and... And then Kellen throws a meme around the corner of Hillary Clinton with popcorn yelling no, at one of our one of, so, yes. yeah. so we got a great post from one of our one of our listeners who's well, awesome of Hillary Clinton with a big bowl of popcorn yelling, Bill, get in here. It's starting. <laughs> that was a good one. But back to your point about insulin. I, I can tell yeah. you in my, my twenty years in the field as a paramedic, how many times I went out on type one diabetics that younger people especially that you know, ended up in the ER, ended up right. in the back of my ambulance for no other reason than they were rationing their insulin. Right. That shouldn't happen in America. It shouldn't. It's not some kind of like rare, super patented like it's insulin. It's a hundred fucking years old. Yeah. Just there's three companies that keep raising the prices together. Market collusion. Yeah. And it's obvious that's what's happened with insulin. It's obvious that they keep doing that. It's gone up by, I don't know how many ungodly percentage points in the last, whatever, uh, two decades. But it should not be that expensive. It's yep. not that hard to produce. Yeah, market collusion when entities or individuals work together to influence a market or pricing for the yeah. advantage. Well, and not to go, not to go yeah. down a rabbit hole, but there's there's two problems with the pharmaceutical industry. One is that when a patent expires, they all they have to do is make a minor change to the formulation, and they can reapply for the patent, which then allows it to not be released as a generic medication. The other problem is is that uh, you have pharmacy benefit managers which are middlemen that do literally nothing but <laughs> buy the drug at wholesale from the drug manufacturer and then contract with insurance companies at an inflated rate. Right. And some of those PBMs are owned by insurance companies. Right. I mean, fucking United Healthcare made $200 billion last year off of their PBM that they own. Right. But let's go ahead and privatize the administrative of Medicaid in, in the state of Iowa. Let's figure out a way to privatize every little piece of health care we do because they don't, they don't take advantage of that. No. Anyway, we went down around. Yeah, we did. So let's come back. <laughs> I want to I hit the brakes, guys. I want to hit the brakes. Screech and pivot. Pivot? pivot. You got to pivot. I mean, I want to be positive. I want to be positive. But I'm not sure we can right now because none of this stuff matters. None of this positive stuff matters if we don't have a democracy in the first place. We need to talk about those positive things, but I think, I think the, the reality of it is, is we have to set the whole progressive agenda aside, and we have to set, conservatives have to set the whole conservative agenda aside. And I'm saying that as sensible conservatives. The, the choice that, that voters have to make this fall is do they want, do they want to continue with democracy or do they want authoritarianism? That's literally the choices on the table. Yeah, I mean, and that's not being hyperbolic at all. We uh, it, anymore, and, and it's it's also not hyperbolic to say that we don't have enough time to run through the list of accomplishments, Mike. Like it's that extensive. Well, I think it's pretty simple. You know, if you're you're the listener at home and you're that independent voter and you're not really sure what way you want to go, because I mean, let's let's face it, Biden's approval rating is still in the tank. Yeah, right. Um, Weird. You're out there still trying to figure out where to go. What you need to do is you really need to sit down and look at about the last eight years and and look at which party has done things to actually help you. Right. Right. I'm not going to tell you what that is. Go look it up yourself and you'll you'll come to your own conclusion. But I mean, even even the tax cuts that the Republicans hand out from time to time, they, they always benefit the top earners more than the bottom earners. Right, they always have some sort of sunset provision in it that reverts back to a scenario that just exacerbates income inequality. Right, right. There's never really a, a robust legislative package coming from the right, coming from the GOP, that is actually intended to do something to make your life better. 
I, I don't know. Somebody point me in the direction of something they've done in the last 20 years outside of tax cuts. They kept vegan meat out of my fucking cracker <laughs> Out of your menu. cracker barrel menu. <laughs> <laughs> right. So what do we do about that? Like, Because that's not the way Republicans are playing. Well, when I was a kid, I'm, I'm old enough to remember the days when people used to think the Republican Party was the party you thought of when you thought of you know, the serious governing party that was serious about economics, right, and boosting the economy. And well, it's because they know, the know trickle-down economics is bullshit, and they know most people know that trickle-down economics is bullshit, so they can't do that anymore. They can't, they can't run on that because that's tired, and now we're 40 years into that, and people have, people have <laughs> realized... are better years. off. Right, exactly. But, so but, but I think part so. of it, too, is, is voters need to be more engaged when, when somebody says something like, they're putting litter boxes in my, my kid's school bathroom because of kids that identify as cats or that they're teaching, you know, some LGBTQ positive agenda to turn kids gay well, in their schools. Like, they need to ask, like, okay... Show me proof. Well, here's but the thing. No, nobody I, does that. Nobody does that when Jeff Shipley says that shit. Well, I, I think we can bring this all back, right? I think we're, we're getting up there in time, right? <laughs> so I think we can bring it all back to that article, that four stages of Republican misinformation, right? Right. I think that article shows us the how. It shows us how they operate in terms of the line of thinking to get from point A to point B and to get achieve that objective of uh, misguiding people and misinforming them. The why is what you're describing, Jacob. The why is they need this. They need the culture wars. They need a playbook to go to for each news cycle event because they don't have serious policy positions to talk about. And they've been open about that. They haven't had a platform in what? A couple Five elections now. Well, the last one, they just said, fuck it. Trump. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Right. Yeah. It's literally authoritarianism is what they've adopted as their platform. Right. One guy. So let, let's let's leader. We're talking about classic politics versus authoritarian politics. And I think what our listeners need to understand is that if we go authoritarian, if Ron DeSantis wins the presidency, if we continue Iowa being a red state with a with a super red governor, what that means is that Women lose the right to control their own body. That anyone that's not a basic family unit, as defined by some extremist Christian families, they say it has to be a man, a woman, and a handful of kids. I'm adopted. That doesn't count, right? You're going to have LGBTQ plus folks not be able to be themselves, not be able to actually live as who they are, because this authoritarianism piece will take that away. You're not going to have interracial marriages. People of color aren't going to have the same amount of rights. I mean, it all, it all, we're going back assward to a time when a we, certain small little group had all the power. Because that's what authoritarianism civil, is. We fought a civil war over the notion that, that while states' rights are important, they can't have all the power. Right. And that's where we're headed. Yeah. And, and if you, you think rural flight's a problem now, what do you think is going to happen to places like Des Moines and Iowa City? Oh yeah. If if we continue down this road of of heavy authoritarianism in in Iowa, they're they're gonna move to blue. The <laughs> liberals are gonna gonna congregate in blue states, and the red states are gonna stay red states, and they're gonna die. They're going to shit. Yeah. Well, actually, let's let's reframe it because that's that's for people who've had privilege. They can move. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, you're gonna have people. Welcome to Gilead, right? I mean, it's it's. You're going to have people. Yeah, we're going to have the districts. Yeah. You're going to have districts. Yeah, exactly. I was going to be the fucking toxic waste district. Yep. We're going to have our CO2 pipelines and yep. tar sands and shit leaking everywhere. And, and people are going to suffer mm -hmm. badly. Mm -hmm. Pregnant girls who have been raped are going to suffer. Women in abusive relationships are going to suffer. Women are going to suffer regardless on a lot of issues, not even just around abortion. Because that's what extremism does. They put labels on people. They put them in the roles. And people are going to suffer. Kids are going to suffer. I'm not trying to be like scary, hateful, fear-mongering either when we say this. This is what happens in authoritarian governments. And this is where the GOP is not heading. It's where they are. Where they are right and they're saying the quiet thing out loud now. Indiana banned basically all abortions. Right. Right. But on the flip side, there is hope. 
Because Kansas said uh, not today. Right. Right. Through the ballot <laughs> initiative. Direct democracy. Give the people a voice. Right. They'll take care of the problem. But that's the problem is not every state has no ballot initiatives. No. So no. You also need to be educated and understand the issues and be able to read. Uh, no, that ballot initiative was tricky. They, they purposely tried to confuse people uh, the way it was worded. So voting no was actually a vote to support abortion rights. Well, right. there, there were actually videos, too, that came out after that of poll workers basically refusing to take ballots 20 minutes before they closed. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Claiming that, well, they have to have them back up to the main headquarters by 8 o'clock. So Which they can't the accept law. That's no. not that's <laughs> Right. So it's things like that. And, and all the way back to Donald Trump a couple of days ago, literally saying we may have to consider defunding and getting rid of the Department of Education. Well, that's the same reason they don't want D.C. to become a state. Well, because, it's all power. It's step yeah. one. They need to use any means necessary to achieve power so they can promote their unpopular extremist counter-majoritarian agenda. Right. If you give D.C. statehood, you're adding two senators. They're going to be liberal. You're adding a House member. They're going to be liberal. Right. That's less power for the white supremacist agenda. Right. This isn't a normal election coming up, everybody, in no. 2022. It's not just same old, same old politics. No. It is, it's a referendum on democracy, even more so probably in 2020, 24. But there are Secretary of State offices up for election in three months that will determine whether or not we have fair elections going forward that, that truly believe Republican-led elections in, in, you know, purple states were, were fraudulent. Despite Republicans coming out clearly and saying there was no fraud, there's people on the ballot in these states to take over those positions who have extremist perspectives on election fraud. They'll do everything, to your point, Jacob, they'll put in systems of, of management that make it really, really, really hard to vote for anyone that's not of their persuasion. It's a referendum on our on our freedom. That's uh, Russia. Yeah, that's <laughs> surprise, surprise. Kevin McCarthy is threatening AG Mayor Carlin and saying, "Clear your calendar and preserve your documents. We're coming for you." Kevin McCarthy. Yes, as in he anticipates to have control of the House in November, and he's already telling yeah, the AG because you they, they've Trump's been house they've been saying this with the January sixth thing too. They've been saying that they're going to have retaliatory investigation. This goes to our this goes to our point. We are four hours into this thing, right? And that's where they're going. Yeah, it's threatening the Attorney General. They don't know that they haven't. Uh, what happens if the FBI tomorrow morning is like we found three dead hookers in Trump's basement? Right. They don't know. Nobody knows. Or they but, could come out tomorrow and say we found nothing. But nonetheless, but Kevin the, McCarthy. They'll come out tomorrow and say it's a plant. They were planted there. Red flag. Trump wasn't even there. He was in New York, and really, they planted right. him there. How do you well, know that they didn't plant them but there? But th that's your point, though, Callan, is that they're already making the narrative without any actual facts. And people already, there are already millions of Americans that believe this. Kevin narrative. McCarthy. That believe McCarthy and Tucker and all of them are saying that this was all because of Democrats. Yeah. Well, they already like I said, Fox News was on it within 30 minutes of yeah. this breaking. Right. That's why I'm so well, worked up tonight fucking in here. We've, we've, we've been like vacillating between uh, <laughs> talking about the good stuff and then talking <laughs> about the current events nonsense that's going on. So I just want to like tie it together here. Tie it away. I'm going to tie it, tie it together just a little bit. Are you bit. asking to tie it together or are you going to tie it together? I am going to tie it together. Okay, good, good, because I don't know how to fucking tie it together right now. I'm just, I just have a, a nice little message for our right-wing listeners. Okay. Do we have any of those anymore? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, they do stumble in from time to time. True. Are you going to remind them that Hillary Clinton's sitting at home drinking <laughs> right now in her non-FBI-rated house? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just gonna. I was gonna suggest to them that maybe if they hadn't said "Let's go to Brandon" so much, you wouldn't be getting so much shit done. Right. Right. Exactly. You shouldn't encourage your enemies. You just never know what they're going to do. Never know what's going to happen. You know, it's one of those things that I feel like with Democrat policy, it takes a bit to hit. Infrastructure bills just now hitting. Now it's been over a year since they passed it. Again, I come back to why are you rooting against America? Right. Right. Yeah. Do we do that too? Do Democrats do that too, though? When Republicans are in charge, let's call them out on it. I don't think I. I you not, know, not like this, man. Not I, not I where try they're to be really self-conscious about that, and I don't think so. 
Uh, not not the extent to which they are. The extent to which they're cheering on inflation numbers or cheering on bad news. I, I think the difference is, is Democrat politicians might do it, but Democrat voters don't. And, and I think it's because of the fact that we don't, they're not our identity. Right. I mean, we can be critical of, we've been critical of Joe Biden on this podcast. Right. right? But <laughs> these people are, you know, they're, <laughs> they're still buying flags and garden gnomes and shit. Right. Yeah. And paint, painting pictures. Painting pictures. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Or balloon animals. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's exasperating, right, at this point. And, and that's, that's the GOP. So I, I feel like we need some resolution here, though, and to a certain extent. And as we look at we should, like, not watch news, literally, as we're sitting here, because there's so much crap going on there's all the time. There's stuff, like, happening while we're yeah. sitting here. Yeah. Uh, but the thing I'm wondering is this, as we, as we wrap this up, is we do have this section of Republicans who are exasperated as well. Right. Like I, I was just at an event the other night, um, mostly a room filled with with well-known Republicans, um, older generation, um, great, great, caring, community minded people um, who are sort of like they're embarrassed by the GOP, truly, truly embarrassed by it. But they have been coached so well to hate the Democrats that they don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, the, yeah. the, the, the solution to that is simple. The only way that you end this is to send a clear message to the GOP that you have to abandon this, yeah. whatever the fuck it is, or yeah. <laughs> we're not coming back. Take the L. Come back next season. Take the L, right? I mean, we, we need Rebuild to... Rebuild your team. We need to yeah. get back to... Go to, to the farm system. Yep. See who's down in the minor leagues. Get them yeah. up and ready. Pull a Chicago Cubs sometime in mid-July. Like, it might take you 115, how many years? Yeah, whatever it is between <laughs> yeah, championships, yeah. But you sometimes you got to take the L. And in this case, you've let your party go so extreme. I, you have to take the L. you got to leave. You, you, you got to stop donating. you got to stop voting for them and then come back. Help rebuild it and come yeah. back. But you have to send a message. But the only way to send this message that you and Jacob are talking about is, is you got to lock his ass up. Yeah, well, he's yeah. got to go to jail. All these people involved in this. Have the, to there have to be consequences for for what's going on. There just has to be. As long as it doesn't become the beer hall pitch. Yeah, right. <clears throat> Explain what the hell that is. Sorry, the well, beer was, hall pitch. That was pitch. that was what initially pitch. ended. Uh, that was an attempted coup by Hitler, which yeah. ultimately ended him up in prison for ten years. Yeah. And then he came back. And then he came back. Yep. Now that's not I mean, gonna happen with Trump. He's too but, old, but yeah. Yeah, he also wrote a book in, in <laughs> during that jail stint. Right. Um, that he that everyone knows. But yeah, he needs to go. That that uh, apparently Trump is a big fan of. Yeah, apparently. Well, and, and let's be clear on that too: is this isn't fucking Germany? This is the United States of America. Right. We have a different type of democracy. We have a different type of government. And but we this have to is use it. but this is exactly the kind of shit that led to Nazism. There's this re- there's these people, and they're the reason that your life sucks. And right. that's the message that the GOP is sending right now: right. is whether it's Mexicans, whether it's Democrats. Yeah, uh, they're the reason that your your world sucks right now. Right, and if you vote for us, we'll fix that. And that's exactly what the Nazis did. Right, right. So let's wrap it up here. So, anything you want to add? My house didn't get raided by the FBI today. Mine neither. That's what happens when you don't do illegal things. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, that's one of the things that I found really interesting throughout this is is regardless of whether you're on MSNBC or Fox News, they're saying, oh, well, this has never happened to an American president before. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, both with different intent, right? But, yeah, you're right. It hasn't. There's a reason for that. All right, guys. Have a great week. Special thanks to all of our listeners for, for putting up with our rambling this week. Uh, it was an important episode. Also, thanks to Nick Steffen for all his great editing prowess on our podcast, as well as, as always, to Chris Hausman for his incredible music and for setting us out. Take care. Grew up with-
With cornfields in every direction That's where I learned all of my lessons About life and living without fences In the land of the free to have opinions If you work a job, you ought to make a living George Strait or George Gay, there's no difference People need help and I think that we should listen Three chords and my truth is I'm a good old boy with a bleeding heart Just a homegrown hick with a hybrid car I think y'all means harm And I know we all just want to know that we belong And there's a lot more color in the mix When you're loud and proud out in the sticks I am what I am, you get what you get Yeah, I guess I'm a red state Wide open spaces, plenty of room for us all to be safe in Yeah, that's the future that I'm chasing So I'm gonna go make it I'm a good old boy with a bleeding heart Just a homegrown hick with a hybrid car I think y'all means harm and I know we all just wanna know that we belong And there's a lot more color in the mix When you're loud and proud out in the sticks Just a homegrown hick with a hybrid car I think y'all means all And I know we all just want to know the way